AgriTalk is brought to you by Full Scale from Helena. Grow Strong returns this season with breakthrough foliar nutrition from Full Scale at Reproduction. And by Propane. Propane is the energy for everyone, especially farmers. Environmentally friendly propane can fuel most anything on the farm. See how at propane.com. Rains fell in Argentina and the sellers flowed back to the sell side of the grain markets. Wheat led the price slide, but corn and soybeans were willing to follow early in the session. Cattle closed higher, but sellers regained control of lean hogs. Live from Whole Hog Monday via Farm Journal broadcast, this is AgriTalk. This afternoon, it's a conversation with Clayton Pope of Clayton Pope Commodities. Later, Kerry Artak from ArtakAdvisory.com. And right after the news, Jack Scoville from the Price Futures Group. I'm handsome newsman Davis Michelson, and now the host of AgriTalk, Jeff Lorry. All right, Davis. Hey, thank you so much, buddy. Appreciate it. You know, you are at the Southern Outpost for AgriTalk, but I have arrived at an even further southern outpost for AgriTalk for this week. I'm in Nashville, baby. Nashville. I wasn't aware that there was anything farther south than me. I thought this was the end of the line. You're you're telling me there's more? Oh. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, there's more. There's, yeah, yes. Yeah, we're we're here. We're here. So there's more. That's excellent. It's producer summit time, my friend. Oh, no way. Is that this week? Yes. That is this Ooh. week. That okay. is this week. Excellent. And um, uh-huh. I've, I've noticed that some have started to gather. We've got uh, registration and an opening reception this evening. Very nice. So I am looking forward to taking part in that. And then we get underway tomorrow with all the festivities and uh, uh, the information sharing, the networking mm-hmm. that is a highlight for me here at Top Producer Summit. And of course, the speakers we've been featuring the speakers on on AgriTalk here for the oh for the last three or four weeks and and uh, we've got an excellent lineup of speakers ready to go. It's going to be a blast down here for the next couple of days, man. Um, you know, you say we're kicking it off tomorrow morning. I'm my mind yeah. goes straight to breakfast buffet. Oh sure, yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yep. Now, okay, this might sound a little bit weird coming for me, you know, because I do like my bacon and eggs and and sausage and everything. Oh, yeah. But they do – we were in the same hotel a year ago, mm-hmm. and the breakfast buffet, the fruit that they have on the breakfast Ooh. buffet, I'm a big fan. You big know, so- fan. Sometimes a little fresh fruit is just the thing to get yeah. your day started off on the right foot. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Agreed. All right, let's let's get it started with the news, man. What do you got? Chip export inspections of wheat in the weekend of January 19 totaled just over 334,000 metric tons. That was in line with trade expectations. Hard red winter wheat futures led declines with March HRW posting a high range open and a low range close. Chart watchers are pointing to the January 10 low at 803 and one quarter as the next level of support in hard red futures. Traders also warn that speculators have moved to the long side of the market, leaving wheat futures vulnerable to a round of liquidation as downside momentum builds in futures. March HRW wheat futures were 29 cents lower today at 819. Yeah. 
March softwood wheat down 21 and a half to 720. March spring wheat closed 887 and three quarters, down 25 cents. Chip, another day like this in the March softwood, and we're down with a six handle. Yeah, it, it's it, it's really been kind of a hammer time in here, and uh, the simple fact that the wheat market led it is signals signals that it was more than just the Argentine rains that got into this market. We'll talk mm. to Jack about that here in just a moment. Corn export inspections weekend of January 19, nearly 728,000 metric tons. That ship was at the low end of trade expectations. Substantial weekend rains over much of Argentina forced a lower open in March corn futures. March corn posted a high-range open but recovered from sharp losses to post a mid-range close. Prices accelerated to the downside when March futures fell through the 10-day moving average at 669 and one half, and prices quickly fell to support at the 40-day moving average at 661 and one quarter before prices bounced back to mid-range. March corn futures were a dime lower at 666 and a quarter. <laughs> May corn down nine and a half cents, 665. July corn futures closed at 654 and one quarter, down nine and one quarter cents, Chip. It was a nice bounce in that market. Went straight to the 40-day moving average and found some, some some buying interest there. So we'll see what that means for tomorrow's trade. But it, hey, if we could if we could see some inside market action tomorrow, uh, I think that would be really positive for this market into the rest of the week. Soybean loadings weekend of January 19 of just over 1.8 million metric tons were at the high end of trade expectations, but that did little to support bean prices. March bean futures left open a one-cent downside price gap between 1504 and 1503 and tumbled through levels of technical support to spike support of the 40-day moving average at 1484. That triggered a price recovery and a mid-range close in front-month beans. The ability of March bean oil futures to recover from sharp midday losses to close slightly higher and above the opening range helped to pull bean prices up from session lows as well. March beans 16 and one quarter lower, 14.90 and a quarter. May beans down 14 and a half, 14.87 and one quarter. July beans closed at 14.80, down 13 cents, 15 bucks. I barely knew yeah. the chip. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Uh, some heavy pressure in the market and. The ability to bounce back and close back on top of the 40-day moving average, I think, is really important. Uh, but it also leaves the market vulnerable to some price pressure tomorrow and, and getting a close below that 40-day. I think we close below the 40-day. We're going to see some of the speculators leave the long side of the market. Hey, hang on. Well, March Cotton was 69 points higher today at 8739 Hold yep. on to the livestock. We'll get that as soon as we come back uh, at the start of the next segment. All right. Sure. You bet. All right. All right. That's Davis Michelson. Let's bring in Jack Scoville, Price Futures Group. Good afternoon, Jack. Hey, afternoon. How are you doing? Doing real fine. Real fine. So tell me, sir, why did wheat mm -hmm. lead the move to the downside when the rains fell in Argentina corn and bean areas? Well, because uh, we're just not selling enough wheat. <laughs> you okay. know, basically, yeah. that's the bottom line. And uh, USDA indicated moderate demand losses in the last WASDE report. But we've got to get some better demand going. We did get some better demand in the export sales report uh, last week. But we need to keep it up. And I think uh, I know today Russian prices were, were a little bit firmer. But generally, they've been hammering the market. 
and uh, controlling the market, and that's been bad news for us as well. So uh, it looks like yeah. uh, it's been you know all the demand flowing to the Russians pretty much. Yeah. yeah, flowing to the Russians, and that wheat is moving out of the Black Sea. So there's some shipping delays, but it's uh, it, it's weighing on us. There's no question about it. How much technical damage did we do to soybeans today, Jack? Uh, well, it was an interesting close, but I still have the trend starting to point down here. In fact, pointing down and uh, giving us a look, probably not too much deeper, 1469. But if we take that out, then we got some, uh, then I have a swing target of 1429. So uh, the trend is definitely turning down. Uh, and I think it's going to probably manifest itself with these rains in Argentina. Seems yeah. pretty beneficial. So. Yep. All right. And then we got to see if the if the longs in the corn market are going to step up and try to defend those positions as well. There's a lot going on in these markets right now, Jack. That is for sure. Hey, buddy, thanks. We'll talk to you again next week. Okay, great. All right. That is Jack Scoville, Price Futures Group. Coming up next, got a lot of ground that we're going to cover with Clayton Pope, Clayton Pope Commodities. Where's the money going to flow in these markets? We'll talk about it next. To produce higher yields and greater value at harvest, timing is everything. Full Scale from Helena helps soybeans reach their full potential with breakthrough foliar nutrition and reproduction. Full Scale delivers beneficial plant extracts and micronutrients with the added efficiency of ENC formulation technology. It gives your soybeans every opportunity to grow strong returns this season. Contact your local ag retailer or Helena representative to learn more about Full Scale. Always read and follow label instructions and check registration status before use. From powering irrigation engines to warming buildings, propane has always been a part of American farm life. Now, you can be a part of propane's future and save money at the same time. The Propane Farm Incentive Program is a research initiative that provides farmers up to $5,000 towards the purchase of new propane-powered equipment. In exchange, participants share performance data to make tomorrow's ag operations more cost-effective, more efficient, and more environmentally friendly with propane. Getting started is simple. Visit propane.com slash farm incentive to see if you're eligible. You're listening to AgriTalk, where the conversation begins. Join us at 855-4-TALK-AG. Welcome back to AgriTalk. I'm Chip Flory. Glad that you are with us this afternoon. And uh, we're going to get to a conversation with Clayton here in just a moment. But first, Davis, let's go yep. ahead and wrap up the news. Chip, feeder cattle led the cattle complex to the upside today, February cattle were 85 cents higher, 157.47 and one half. April cattle gained 62 and a half cents to 160.55. March feeder futures two dollars thirty cents higher, 183.27 and one half. And on the snout side, front month lean hog futures are losing volume and open interest, but did manage to close just slightly lower and to post an inside trading day with the close below the opening range. February yeah. hogs were 25 cents lower at 77.57 and one half. April 27 and one half cents lower, 85.45. Chip. Yeah, inside day down in lean hog futures today. I, it, it, you know, Davis, if it was in the middle of a sideways trading range or mm-hmm. even at the top uh, of of an extended grind higher in hog prices, I, I would. I'd probably ignore an inside day down, but in this hog market, anything 
that gives the sellers the upper hand just feels like it it turns into the potential for days of selling not just a little you know some extra selling in the market but days of selling so we're going to have to watch that one really close when we get things started again tomorrow morning so all right thanks buddy let's bring in Clayton Pope Clayton Pope commodities Clayton it's good to talk with you again how are you hey chip i'm great good to be back good glad you're here glad you're here and here you are on the day after the weekend that it rained in Argentina for like the first time in 60 days and got the market under some heavy pressure. I feel like we got to start there. Even if that wasn't the the bulk of the pressure, that's what started it, wasn't it? Oh, for sure, I think. Um, I mean, over the weekend, the you know the internet was buzzing over you know, conjecture what the heck those rains would mean. And the calls were all over the place. But, um, you know, when we got down near the lows today, we were, what, uh, 26 cents lower, something like that. And it looked like they already really pulled the plug on this stuff. But, you know, it fought its way back here a little bit. But those rains, they were very significant, I think. I mean, you know, like you said, it's, it's been extremely dry, record-breaking drought in, in so much of uh, Argentina's acreage. But um, the rainfall really in this last week has been very significant, I think. I mean, yeah. if, if you look at, you know, probably 50 or 60 percent of the growing area in Argentina – They've actually in just the week, last week, week and a half, have received uh, you know close to what their average rainfall yeah. is. So I mean, uh, it, it made a huge dent, I think. Yeah, yeah, there was damage done before. I mean, there is there's no question about that. But it's such a long growing season that it's easy to lose track of yeah. exactly where we are at in in that growing season. But there's still going to be some corn planted. There's still going to be some. Well, that's the crazy planted. thing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like you said, it's it's the the north south latitude there is uh, is huge, so it's it's so difficult to you know to paint with a really broad brush because yeah. the devil's in the details as always. But um, so much of the crop. Remember how dry this was, and planting was delayed. You know, the market tried to rally off delayed planting down in Argentina and so forth. Well, that knife kind of cuts both ways. I mean, yeah. it's it's late planting, so. By the same token, you know, later rains than usual will probably be more impactful than use than, than yeah. usual as well. So, uh, you know, you take that into consideration, and and I've got to think that we have in all likelihood seen the low uh, estimates on both Argentines corn and beans, particularly okay. beans. Okay, that that was going to be my next my next question. But where where do you think that that low is? Is it is the uh, uh, Argentine bean crop south of 40 million ton? I sure don't think so. Okay. Um, but USDA lowered it down to 45.5 um, in their last report. Uh, gosh, the Buenos Aires Grain Exchange, they're at 41. I think Cordonier is like 39. Uh, I got to yeah. think uh, Cordonier will be raising his in, in light of these rains. Um, if I had to bet, I mean, we're kind of telling our subscribers and all likelihood is going to come in at 42, 43, something like that. Okay. Okay. So but how it's much obviously in... still a work in progress, so yeah, yeah. But how much does the 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 zeroing in on crop expectations in Argentina, how much influence can that have on price movement? Well, that is an excellent question. Um well a huge 
impact in the short term, I think, okay. although it's not a, a tell-all. I mean, you know, look at the way we came back today, especially the meal. I mean, that was kind of weird. The meal was down almost $11 in the March, only finished down eighty. Uh, that comeback there kind of surprised me because and we all know Argentina is the world's biggest uh, meal exporter. But yeah. on the other hand, um, you know, the Argentine crusher is going to get all the beans they want from Brazil and Paraguay. It's not like the Argentine crusher is going to shut down here, right. you know. So, uh, but but as far as how much impact, I think it's, it has a very big impact because um, we're, we're still on a pretty tight balance sheet here in, in the world beans. You know, so many people are talking about, oh, you know, they're, they're kind of like not giving a, a, a bull story a chance here, saying, you know, look, we're going to produce 20, South America's continent's going to produce 25 or 30 million metric tons in a year ago. Well, that's true, but it's a good thing they, they are, or will, because <laughs> yeah. if they didn't, we'd have an absolute disaster on our yes. hands. You know, I mean, I if, hear you. if you look at the world stocks to usage ratio, even with these big numbers forecast, and obviously we're fine-tuning them as time goes on, but uh, based on the last USDA numbers from a week and a half ago, you're still looking at the second tightest world stocks usage ratio in seven yeah. years. Yeah. And that's assuming, you know, a huge record Brazilian crop. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we we talked with uh, the director of Ag Resource Brazil this morning about the, the crop tour that they had down there. They're pretty fired up about that crop down there, Clayton. Uh, Dan Bossi's group, they're thinking it's going to be in that 153, 154 million metric ton range. That's that's kind of a buster right there, isn't it? I would sure think so. Um, but, but again, the Brazilian crop is pretty much in the market. I mean, okay. um, USDA is at 153. And I, I wouldn't be surprised to see it come in at 155 when, when the dust settles. It's just that, you know, nobody's really going to go way out on a limb predicting that that's fantastic of a yield. I wouldn't think this early. You know, and that's why for a while, you know, the downside in, in Argentina was like the huge question mark. But the upside in Brazil seemed like it was kind of limited, and and I still think you know you had you know three million metric tons maybe max to to Brazil, which is you know phenomenal number, but um, so I, I don't know the the problem is that so many commodities lately, even with you know what seemingly is a real tight supply demand, you know whether you look at cotton or even like uh, above ground you know, crude oil supplies and that kind of mm-hmm. thing, all these markets are really having trouble holding any strength, so. I think you know you've got this bearish change in the mix right now, i.e. the you know Argentine weather, and, and so I think the short term, uh, you know, we probably got some more weakness coming, but yeah. but I don't think a guy can uh, give up on these markets by any means because longer term, I think you've got fantastic upside potential if you know a few things go wrong somewhere, right? Or or right, right you know, exports you know can always pick up. Y- yeah, there you go, there you go. You know, with the specs as long corn and wheat as they are right now, Clayton. Corn and beans. I'm sorry, corn and beans. It On one hand, I expect those funds to step in and protect those long positions. On the other hand, it it scares the heck out of me that this thing could fall apart on us if they all decide to head for the exits. Well, I know, isn't that the truth? And and I think today, and yeah, I think these guys are masters of window dressing. You know, yeah. it's kind of like uh, yep. I think we've talked about this before. You look at like, you know, the the mo for a lot of these guys is just right out of the reminiscences of a stock operator book. You know, about Jesse Livermore. If, if the market goes against you, uh, buy more. You got to paint yeah. the tape if you're sitting there record long meal. And I think that's exactly what they did today. Yep. And go in there and damn the torpedoes. We're going to buy more and they make this thing, 
you know, put lipstick on a pig here, make it look better. And yep. in the meantime, I don't think there's any question they're they're sneaking out of some of the wrongs here, if you ask me. Yeah, yeah, sneak out early, dress it up late, and um, see if 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 you can hold things at least close to steady before we uh, before they step in and start lightening up again. You know, but they're masters at that, Clayton. There, there's been times where they've gone from a long position to basically a flat position without doing a whole lot of damage to the price. Mm-hmm. No, you're right about that. Yeah. You're right. Well, I, you know, with options and everything else, I mean, yep. they, uh, they're pros. But on the other hand, they get caught with their pants down like anybody else does, too, sometimes, though. So, yeah. um, like I said, the, the devil's in the details here, and I think... I would think at the very least they're, they're going to stop being such aggressive buyers, but I think you're going to start seeing them whittle down their lawns a little bit, especially in that meal. I mean, it's kind of mind-blowing how long they are in that stuff. Yeah, record long. Record long, yeah. Okay, we're talking to Clayton Pope, Clayton Pope Commodities. And when we come back, you know, we've been talking about, okay, what what might happen and the influence of the South American crop. What if that is the end? What what if we're on the other side of this market and a post-harvest rally? What does the market look like going into the spring? We'll talk about that with Clayton Pope coming up next right here on AgriTalk. To produce higher yields and greater value at harvest, timing is everything. Full Scale from Helena helps soybeans reach their full potential with breakthrough foliar nutrition and reproduction. Full Scale delivers beneficial plant extracts and micronutrients with the added efficiency of ENC formulation technology. It gives your soybeans every opportunity to grow strong returns this season. Contact your local ag retailer or Helena representative to learn more about Full Scale. Always read and follow label instructions and check registration status before use. From powering irrigation engines to warming buildings, propane has always been a part of American farm life. Now, you can be a part of propane's future and save money at the same time. The Propane Farm Incentive Program is a research initiative that provides farmers up to $5,000 towards the purchase of new propane-powered equipment. In exchange, participants share performance data to make tomorrow's ag operations more cost-effective, more efficient, and more environmentally friendly with propane. Getting started is simple. Visit propane.com slash farm incentive to see if you're eligible. Time now for news of note from Pro Farmer. Argentina received enough rain late last week and during the weekend to provide temporary improvements to topsoil moisture, but more will be needed to break the drought pattern. AgRural trimmed its Brazilian soybean and corn crop estimates, although both crops would still be record large. China's markets are closed this week as the country celebrates the Lunar New Year holiday. Congress is back in session this week, with most of the work centering on preparing for legislative battles ahead, including increasing or suspending the $3.14 trillion debt limit. Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen says she feels good that inflation is coming down, calling a strong labor market and progress on inflation, quote, hopeful signs. News of note is taken from the pages of Pro Farmer. You can get more at tryprofarmer.com. Opinions expressed on AgriTalk do not necessarily reflect the views of Farm Journal Broadcasting, affiliate stations, or sponsors. On your favorite radio station or your preferred digital device, AgriTalk is live every weekday. 
Welcome back to AgriTalk. I'm Chip. Glad that you are with us on this Monday. We're in the middle of a conversation with Clayton Pope from Clayton Pope Commodities. Before we get back to Clayton, let's go ahead and recap where the markets closed, Davis. Well, Chip, March hard red winter wheat futures were 29 cents lower today, 819. March soft red wheat down 21 and one half to 720. March corn futures were a dime lower at 666 and a quarter. <laughs> July corn futures closed at 654 and one quarter, down nine and one quarter cents. March soybean futures were 16 and one quarter cents lower at 1490 and one quarter. July beans closed at 1480, down 13 cents. March cotton was 69 points higher, 87.39. On the livestock side, February live cattle were 85 cents higher at 157.47 and one half. March feeders, $2.30 higher, 183.27 and one half. And February lean hog futures, 25 cents lower, 77.57 and one half. That's your quick market recap. Back to you, Chip. All right, Davis. Thank you very much. You know, 14, we're talking with Clayton Pope, Clayton Pope Commodities. Uh, Clayton, $14 beans are here again. Let's see, we posted six consecutive closes above 15 bucks, which was a quite a string because the March contract has, has proven that you get above 15 bucks. It doesn't like to spend a whole lot of time there. Uh, but get this on the 18th of January, we were all the way up at 1548 and a half. And here we are now at 1490. That's a pretty strong signal that that this post-harvest rally might be behind us, huh? Yeah, it's uh, a lot of clouds on the horizon, I think. The gap lower this morning, you know, or last night, I guess, uh, held so far. Um, so I guess our take on it is that you know, short term, we think we've got some some downside risk here, but we don't really think the bottom's going to fall out of the market. I mean, obviously, you can build a real bearish case if you want to, but um, you know, the funds like we were talking about earlier, they're extremely long, and they've got a huge vested interest in trying to, to uh, keep this thing supported. But but don't forget, I mean, like I said earlier, the the carryover in this stuff is is tight. I mean, the mm-hmm. the, the bean carryover, uh, well, we talked about world a minute ago, but even in the U.S., uh, 4.5 stocks to usage. That's the tightest in nine years, as far as like compared to you know the final numbers from the last eight years. Uh, the corn carryover is uh, the second tightest in ten years. So yep. uh, again, comparing it to the end end of year numbers for the last uh, you know, eight or ten years. So. That being the case, I think there's a good uh, underlying bullish argument there, bullish potential anyway. You've got the tight carryovers. You still have the inflation story that is alive and well. I mean, there's no question the rate of inflation is cooling off, but still, there's also no question that you know the, the rate itself is still very high, you know, highest we've mm-hmm. seen in, in years. And so that's that's another positive in the like, kind of the macro front. And then the dollar itself. I mean, that thing is. Uh, Really looking yeah. increasingly vulnerable. What are we like a seven-month low or something right. like that? Now uh, you've got various countries out there talking about an alternative currency. I mean that's a real long-range problem, but I don't think that's lost on the market. You know, I mean over the weekend, what Brazil and Argentina were talking about their own currency. Yeah, that seems a little far-fetched. A joint but, currency. But, you know, I mean that's a little weird, but uh, yeah. you know the BRICS company uh, countries. I mean th- that might be a little more. Uh, of the possibility, I think. So anyway, add all that together, and I can see where the funds are coming from, definitely. And I, 
I mean, what you said earlier is very true. You always look at it and think, oh my gosh, what if these guys liquidate everything? Oh my, you know, it'd just be disastrous. But, and, and that's always a possibility. But on the other hand, in the here and now, they're very long, like you said, record long in meal. Uh, they've got every reason in the book to, to try to support this stuff. And they've got those three items I just mentioned on their side, I think. So mm-hmm. I think, you know, we're, we're likely to see some, some uh, you know, everything's a give and take. I think we're likely to see a little air come out of this thing in the short term. But long term, I think the upside has tremendous potential if, you know, if a few things, uh, you know, shift to the bull, bull story. Yeah. 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 That the dollar, I'm, the dollar index, Clayton, I, I figured at this point in the year that we would be, after we pushed up above 112, 113, I'm thinking 115 to 118, and we're going to hold there for quite a period of time. And here we are, the, the index traded all the way down to 101.59 today. The dollar is not nearly the headwind that I thought it was going to be. Mm-hmm. Well, I agree. I mean, you know, so much uh, attention is given to and, and credence given to this whole interest rate picture. You know, the, yeah. Uh, obviously, as the as the uh, the dollar has fallen back here, the bonds have rallied, indicating you know rates are either softer or the you know the rate of increase is expected to slow dramatically, but. Boy, the trade has been, you know, the sentiment has been proven wrong month and month again here. Mm-hmm. And uh, we'll see Powell and company come out with some more numbers, I guess, next Wednesday, February 1st, I think is Fed Day. Yeah. Yep. So that'll be interesting to see what they say there. But um, but I don't like to get involved in the, you know, the, the minutia of what the heck the Fed might or might not do. In, yeah. in the big picture, I think, uh, you know, inflation it continues to be a problem. And I think they're mm-hmm. going to continue to fight it to some extent. So. Uh, but it's a little surprising how far back that dollar has fallen, but it's, it's got some issues here. And I, you know, the big picture, the weak dollar is supportive. Yeah. Yeah. It, it would be really supportive if it would turn into even just a little bit more demand for corn, even just a little bit more demand for wheat. Um, exactly. I think it would, it, it, it would have an amplified impact on the markets right now, I think, because we're just the the market is so down on demand. Jack, right out the the gate in his comment, says we don't sell enough wheat. That's why it led yeah. led led to the downside today. Yeah, what I read somewhere today, I think it's like the lowest wheat export in forty years or something. Yeah. Like that. I mean, it's crazy. It it is nuts. But um, the, the thing about that wheat market. And, and no question, you can really get negative looking at the supply and demand, although it's, it's tighter than it's been in recent years, for sure. But uh, and no question, the HRW country got a really good drink this weekend, and mm-hmm. heaven knows they need it. But but the biggest uncertainty there, I think, is this whole Ukraine-Russia story, yeah. which, you know, where'd that go? <laughs> yeah. you know, it's like, and all of a sudden, is everything fine over there? Far from it. I mean, over the weekend, Germany gave the go-ahead for Poland to send their tanks there. Yeah. If anything, this thing is going to heat up. Boy, I, I just can't think there's much downside in this wheat right now. Yeah, I, I think what's happening there is the the flow of grain out of the Black Sea has been, you know, the agreement has been there, and that that was okay. But you still had to prove it. Well, they've kind of proved it that they can move grain out of there is what it sounds like, and and the market is is certainly responding to that. Clayton, uh, 
what about on new crop? What are your thoughts in here? We got to start focusing more and more on the new crop markets. Uh, it, yeah, that's for sure. Yeah, what do you think's uh, happening I mean, when, here? Well, when I look at these inverses, I mean, the July no old crop, new crop, uh, settled at a dollar forty and a half today. That just seems crazy. I, it, as I said earlier, I'm kind of leaning negative for for the short term in the old crop, but I, I think I really can't think that the new crop's got a whole lot more downside here in the short to intermediate term. I think any weakness we see manifested here is is going to come via those. Uh, intercrop year inverse, you know the 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 July no beans and then the July D's corn is uh, you know, 68 cent inverse. I mean, I just don't think the uh, you know the demand picture coupled with the S and D's really justify that much of an inverse right now, uh, especially you know with these Argentine uh, mm-hmm. weather improvements. But long term, um, gosh, I, you know same same arguments as I mentioned is yeah. why the funds I think are kind of long. I mean, we yeah. do have tight carryovers. We've got inflation. We've got a weak dollar, and uh, bean demand is actually alive and well. I mean, there was that Bloomberg yep. story last week. Uh, the U.S.-China trade for 2022 is near record. I mean, yeah. uh, so they're still sneaking in there buying a lot of beans. Really, you know, we're running ahead of as far as like the pace analysis. We're running ahead of schedule on beans. I was surprised to see USDA lower beans. Uh, the other week, but um, but corn, yeah, they uh, somebody's got to come to the rescue and buy some corn here. I'll agree with that. Yeah, but I think they will. Okay, yeah. Uh, one of the listeners up in Northeast Iowa sent a message the other day. He says, you know, if 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 old crop beans are down a dime, new crop beans are down a dime. If new crop, if old crop beans are up a dime, new crop beans are up a penny or two. Uh. The, That's been the, the case crop, lately, yeah. Yeah, the new crop contracts sure fee, are, are more willing to follow to the downside than they are to the upside right now. Yeah, that, that's true. But I, I think that's uh, going to change. Like you said, okay. I, I think if, if we do go into a further decline here, let's say take, what, 30 to 50 cents more off these beans, uh, and I don't think it get much worse than that in the short term, Um uh, like I said, I think it'd be mostly via old crop and, and not as okay. much. And you know, you see less and less new crop following to the downside. Okay. Do you favor staying a little conservative on your new crop marketings right now, Clayton? We've got a pretty good uh, amount sold at some good levels here. Okay. On uh, all honesty, we're about twenty five percent sold in the cash market. We've had some. Uh, sure, been recommending a lot of really good bearish uh, three way options protection here. Okay. And uh, those have been working well today. They work great. Um, so we've done a little bit of that, but uh, I don't want to get any more aggressive than that this early in the season as far as cash sales go. Okay. All right. Very good. Clayton, it's always a joy to talk with you, my friend. Thank you so much for making time for us again. Hey, my pleasure. Take care. All right. That is Clayton Pope, Clayton Pope Commodities. Yeah. Um, 25% sold in the cash market with some additional coverage on in, in hedges or some option strategies. That's uh, that's getting some coverage in place, but it also maintains some flexibility for the marketings of the that last 75% of the crop that's got to be sold in the cash market. We talk about that a lot, maintaining flexibility. So seems to be the strategy getting into the new crop marketings this year as well. To produce higher yields and greater value at harvest, timing is everything. Full Scale from Helena helps soybeans reach their full potential with breakthrough foliar nutrition and reproduction. 
FullScale delivers beneficial plant extracts and micronutrients with the added efficiency of ENC formulation technology. It gives your soybeans every opportunity to grow strong returns this season. Contact your local ag retailer or Helena representative to learn more about FullScale. Always read and follow label instructions and check registration status before use. From powering irrigation engines to warming buildings, propane has always been a part of American farm life. Now, you can be a part of propane's future and save money at the same time. The Propane Farm Incentive Program is a research initiative that provides farmers up to $5,000 towards the purchase of new propane-powered equipment. In exchange, participants share performance data to make tomorrow's ag operations more cost-effective, more efficient, and more environmentally friendly with propane. Getting started is simple. Visit propane.com slash farm incentive to see if you're eligible. When news breaks, the newsmakers talk about it on AgriTalk with Chip Flory. All right. Welcome back to AgriTalk. I am Chip Flory. Glad that you are with us this afternoon. Great conversation there with with Clayton Pope from Clayton Pope Commodities. It is Monday afternoon, and that means that it is time to get our weekly update from Kerry Artec, Artec Advisory. Now, don't forget, go to artecadvisory.com, A-R-T-A-C, advisory.com, and sign up for a two-week free trial there. All right. What do you got, Kerry? Yeah, I'll start with March corn. We've got, um, well, we came very close last week to testing a long-term resistance area that I had targeted for a couple of months. Uh, It was around 692 even last week. We got up to 688 and change. It's at 695 half this week. It is a ceiling of resistance that can contain buying through the balance of March contract life. And now that we've come close to testing it, the market is poised to fall back to 645 even over the next two to three weeks, possibly by the end of this week. Um, I don't, we'd have to close below 663 half to actually see 645 even within three to five days. So that's kind of a short-term perspective. But with regard to 645 even, it is a solid base of support that can contain selling through February, quite possibly into March expiration. And from there, we could rally back to 695 half by March expiration. We could have trade inside that rough 50 cent zone all the way into expiration. Now, if we close the week below 645 even, this market enters a sell signal in the order of about three to five weeks, where I would expect 623 half over the following three to five weeks. 623 half is actually uh, not only long-term support for the March contract, but also broader market that is back month contracts uh, support all the way into summer trade. So 623 half, a big level for the broader corn futures markets, regardless of which contract we're actually talking about. Upside, if we were to close the week above 695 half, and that's a long shot this week, but if over the next couple of weeks we do, uh, then the March contract just shows a continued bullish dynamic all the way into its expiration. If there were three or four months left in this contract, I'd be pointing to 768 half as the next objective. I think that's highly unlikely, uh, but you never know. If we do close above 695 half, I can at least say no good reason to be short this contract or hedged this contract on the short side into its expiration. On to March soybeans, 1471 and three quarter below the market, meaningful floor of support, able to contain selling into March expiration. And from there, we can rally up to 1570 even over the following two to three weeks, potentially into the 1621 even to 1637 even area by March expiration. Although I really don't have that upper area as a clear objective unless we were to close above 1570 even. So I can say that closing above 1570 even, the 1621 even to 1637 even area 
becomes a two to three week objective where March soybeans should top out into expiration and even the back months, you know, May and July can top out into summer trade in the 1621 even to 1637 even area. Downside, if March soybeans close below 1471 and three quarter, we see a good high through the balance of March contract life. We enter a three to five week sell signal then down to 1394 and a quarter, which should contain selling into March expiration. And once again, 1394 and a quarter, not expected unless we close the week below 1471 and three quarter. That is our base of support and it's climbing on a weekly basis ever so gradually. So next week, it'll be a little higher the week after that, so forth and so on. On to, and finally, April lean hogs, meaningful ceiling of resistance at 87.50 and a floor of support at 82.90. We're in the middle of that area, either of which can contain selling or buying into March trade or through February anyway. So 87.50, able to contain buying through February. 82.90, able to contain selling through February. Now, if we did close the week above 87.50, we enter a long-term buy signal uh, for the April lean hogs. And we should then, by April expiration, I'd say by the end of March, reach 98.42, which is a long-term resistance area for the broader lean hog market that can contain buying into summer trade. And I don't see a runaway bull market in the lean hogs unless we close any week above 98.42, which is a descending two-thirds speed line that's dropping on a week-by-week basis. So what's that? 9842 this week will drop just a little bit next week and so forth. On the way down, 8290, if we were to close below it, then 7690 becomes the next three to five week downside objective. So closing below 8290, we could by the end of February test 7690. And that is just a solid zone of weekly chart support that can contain selling not only into April expiration, but even broader lean hog market selling pressures into summer trade. And I think that that pretty much rounds it out for this week. Chip, thanks a lot for having me. All right, Gary, thank you, buddy. Uh, And let's hope for that close above 87.50 and the hogs and open up some upside price potential in that market. Davis, uh, interesting day on AgriTalk already. Um, Yes. The the conversation with Machine Repeat this morning, the conversation with uh, Raphael talking about the the ag resource tour through Mato Grosso. And then we parlayed that into... Here's what these crop estimates mean for the markets in the conversation with Clayton. I thought I thought mm-hmm. Clayton was really good on that. Well, and that okay. So uh, let me flip back a page here, make sure I get the name correct here. Rafael, Rafael Mandarino, yeah. uh, Ag Resource in Brazil, or Ag Resource Brazil, I guess, yeah. uh, on yeah. his crop tour, talking about yeah, uh, it's an excellent crop down here, biggest ever, quite the deal. Even with that, though, Clayton Pope points out tight global stocks, even yeah. with that figured in. Exactly. Um, and and it's that tight global stocks and, and tight domestic stocks that, that make me want to say, listen, the market has done its job, okay? Mm-hmm. The market has slowed down corn use. The market has... You know, taking some of the the momentum out of soybean use, but the market still has a job to do. And that job is to encourage, to make sure that it's giving enough encouragement, enough incentive to U.S. producers 
to do what they can to fix that situation of tight supplies and to put as many corn and soybean acres in the ground as they can this spring. So remember this morning I said that I was going to work on my column for Farm Journal? You mentioned that. How'd you do? Yeah, well, I kind of talked about what the market has to do to provide incentive to make sure that corn and soybeans go on every acre that is required. I'm not hearing you got it done in there. Yes, I got it done. Homework complete. Okay, well, very good. We are complete. We are complete and ready for the opening reception at Top Producer Summit. You know, if you're looking for incentive, there's your incentive. We'll be back from (laughs) Top Producer tomorrow morning. (laughs) 